Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David and as always I am joined by the precipitative Matt. Hello there. Well Matt, wow, we've uh, we've got a lot to, to talk about this week. We've yeah. uh, um we not only are we discussing the uh, two-part finale of series 8, Dark Water and Death in Heaven, we also have the small matter of the fact that this is the first time we've spoken to each other in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy New Year, by the way. Yes. Happy New Year. Did you have a nice Christmas? Oh, it was flawless. Oh, that's good to hear. I mean, except for the whole, like, changing tears thing. Didn't yes. see my brother at all over Christmas. But actual <laughs> Christmas Day was lovely. Oh, How fantastic. was yours? Yeah, no, it was really nice. And it's, more importantly, uh, how was Little Absorbaloff's Christmas? It's all about the kids, isn't it? Uh, yes, he. I mean, it was uh, a, a bit overwhelming for him at times, I think. But mm-hmm. you know, that's part and parcel of it. Um, he's. I don't know if I've mentioned on pod yet uh, or not. He's been obsessed with Christmas trees pretty oh, much really? since the since late November, start of December, when they first started going up round around uh, the town and stuff. He just yeah, he he loves him a Christmas tree, so uh, that's that's probably been his highlight. How did um, he feel when you put yours away and took it down and hid the decorations? Well, he he really wanted to join in with putting the decorations back in the box, so I, he just any excuse to fiddle with the decorations, he was on board. So oh, I think he's taken it on the chin. It helps that we've got a live one, so it's now just sat outside waiting for next year in our garden. So. Mm. Um, did you get any Doctor Who related goodness for Christmas? Uh, I did, yes. Um, my partner, she said, that unfortunately, they don't make any uh, good Doctor Who pajamas for adult men these days. <laughs> <laughs> so, more's the pity. So she got me some nice pajama buttons, and she got a, a t-shirt to go with it. Um, and it was, uh, you know, the classic uh, Queen Bohemian Rhapsody uh, yep. shot of the the four faces. It was riffing on that, but it was a Dalek, a Weeping Angel, a Cyberman, and a Silent. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, what about you? Did anyone get you any Doctor Who presents? Because, uh, yeah, didn't someone last year get you um, <laughs> a little canine model in the mistaken impression that you're a Doctor Who fan? Yeah, but I think they must have listened because they didn't get me anything this year. That was my wife's best friend. So she just got my <laughs> wife like a bottle of gin or something, I think. Uh, no, I didn't get I anything safe. Doctor Who related. Ah, oh, that must have come as a blessed relief for you. Yeah, yeah. But all in all, good to see the family, you know. Yeah. Good to have some joy in 2020. Obviously, Absolutely. this year's better already. What um, What makes you say that? Well, you know, coronavirus is finished. Um, everything's just solved, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes, I suppose it is, Matt. Yes. Um... Uh, have you got any New Year's <laughs> resolutions? Um, I don't. I don't tend to do them, to be honest. But... Um... Uh, I, I know you have asked me to prepare a, a podcast New Year's resolution, yeah. so I will share that with you. Um, I'm curious to know what yours is first. Uh, new Year, new me. I've gone goth for 2021. I've dyed my, ha- dyed my hair jet black. Uh, I bought a t-shirt that says Slayer on it. Uh-huh. Do you like Slayer? Uh, could not care for them less. <laughs> and I just shout at my mum a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, um, let me know how that works out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, you've you've always got other subcultures to dip a toe into. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I might go jock. Yeah. That would be. That would be a, 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 a take an extraordinary level of commitment <laughs> yeah. from you at this stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so podcast resolutions. You got any? You got anything? I have you two. Wanna... Okay, go for it. Do Do you have any? I do, yes, I, I do have one. Uh, Shall we do one of mine, one of yours? Why not? Uh, my first one is uh, I'm going to promote you more. I, I want to get you on one of the big Doctor Who podcasts. <laughs> as, as an expert in the field, I'm uh, going to get you out there. That's, that's, uh, that's uh, a daunting prospect. You can fulfil um, your lifelong wish of leaving this podcast behind and doing a good one. Ah, <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? We've got the best, worst Doctor Who podcast on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Let's get those numbers up in Singapore. That's another resolution. Oh, <laughs> uh, you you want to crack the top ten? Yeah, they love in us Singapore. over there. <laughs> um, so I'll tell you mine. Um, it's I guess it's less of resolution, more kind of like it's almost a renewing of vows. Okay. I want 2021 to be the year that you honestly become a Doctor Who fan. Okay. I think we're going to do it. I think I think Capaldi is the one. Right. I think he's... And, and I can hear the scepticism in your voice right now. Just yeah. wait. I think, I think over the next few months, we've got some stuff coming that's going to just completely change your, your tune. So... Um, yeah, it all starts here, listeners. This is uh, this is the year that Matt becomes a genuine Doctor Who fan. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and to that end, I'm going to try harder. I think with persuading you. Like, if you don't like an episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend it a bit more. I think, and uh, not just uh, not just give up the moment you tell <laughs> me a Stone Cold classic didn't really hold your attention. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, do you ever feel the problem might be me rather than the episodes? <laughs> I mean, I felt that from the off, but uh, but I'm determined to uh, to turn things around this year. So so that's my resolution. Uh, my final one is sort of the highlight of last year was yep. the wheelie big quiz. Uh, I just want to beat our total for last year. When that time of year comes again, mm. let's just raise more money. Well, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? But yeah. um, but yeah, definitely, I'm 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 up for doing it again this year. That'll be something yeah. to look forward to. I have to think of something else. Yeah, I mean, we only use like a sample of those cards, so we might use the rest. But there might be other other avenues we could explore. Yeah, yeah. Um, alrighty then. Right. So, did you listen to the Married to Who podcast where they opened our gifts? I did. Good yeah. work, Matt. Well, well done Good for work. putting them at the beginning, so I didn't get any spoilers. I sometimes have to sift through their episodes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah nice I'm glad they, to know they, they appreciated them. Yeah, yeah. The the, I I, you know what? I'm not going to spoil anything. I, I I think if you want to find out what Matt sent them, do do pop into their feed and. Uh, I mean, and who check. who listens to this but doesn't listen to them? We uh, kind of talk point, about. Them. I hope nobody. We talk about them all the time. Like, <laughs> you, 
imagine just listening to one side of a conversation. It would be irksome, wouldn't it? That that said, I, I want to pick them up on something. Right. Uh, over the Christmas holidays, for the first time, they, they've slightly irked me. Mm. Is not this... in a big way, we're not going to fall out. This is, uh, but is this just a little lover's tiff, is it? Well, o- over the Christmas period, okay, they kept putting pictures of their dogs on Twitter. Yeah. And if there's one thing I love, it's a dog. Mm-hmm. Okay? But all the pictures were just like, oh, here's the dogs. I want full introductions. I want to know every dog's name. I want to know their breed, their age, their life story. Okay? I've never met a dog I don't like. I, and and it's I'm obsessed with them. Like, I need yeah. to know. Well, I mean, maybe maybe uh, Jake and the crew can, uh, can facilitate that for you in the coming yeah. weeks. Yeah. But whilst we're on topic, I just yes. want to mention that Married to Who, as well as our other friends at the Cloister Bell podcast, have both released episodes reviewing the latest New Year's special. They so have, yes. They're definitely, definitely worth a listen. I mean, I'm yeah. not allowed to listen to them. I'll listen to them like next year or something. You, but... you, you, you aren't. But um, yeah, it's. I, I've listened. I haven't listened to um, Cloister Bells yet, but I, I have listened to uh, Married to Who's, and uh, yeah, it's a good discussion. It's, uh, it, it's interesting because I was saying on on uh, on a conversation on our on our Twitter feed. Um, I'm not really a hot takes person myself. I really like to sit and chew on an episode for weeks really before mm-hmm. finalizing roughly how I feel about it it just it takes me a long time but part of that process for me is listening to other people's immediate takes and and and, and a wide range of them because I'm going to hear a lot of perspectives that maybe help me look at things a little bit differently to the how I might have myself um and so hats off to anyone who does have the I think genuine bravery to Go out there and just nail your colours to the mast within hours of an episode broadcasting. You're like, okay, here is how I felt about it right off the bat. Uh, and obviously, those people will potentially their their opinions are going to evolve over time. But um, I don't really even have the courage to do that most of the time, uh, even on forums and things. I, I generally I, I I avidly read those post episode discussions, but I never want to actually poke my head over the parapet and say how I feel about them because, uh, uh, yeah, things. I can... mean, you you really screw with my running order because the next question is, David, how did you feel about the New Year's special? Okay, right. So as I say, I don't really want to do like a and I'm not doing an in depth hot take or anything like that. What I can say is, on a first viewing, it. It not only met my expectations, but it actually subverted and gave me a bit more than I was expecting in some areas as well. Um, so overall, I, 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 you know, I was left pretty happy from that. How would you rank um, it? Good episode, bad episode? Yeah, good episode, I'd say. Yeah, oh, I think well it's done. one we can look forward to. Excellent. And as I say, I think we'll probably... It'll probably be about this time next year. We'll be uh, releasing our episode discussing that. So I've got a I've got a whole year to to to, to chew on that one. Mm. Do you think you'll watch it again in the sort of immediate future? I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched most of series twelve 
Uh, I haven't rewatched most of it since it was broadcast yet. I, I did rewatch the first episode recently over the Christmas period because um, I, was, I was watching it with my brother to try and get him back into Doctor Who. He kind of fell off a bit on series 11. And right. so I was trying to convince him that it was worth sticking with. Because um, he's a big misogynist and he doesn't like the idea of a female doctor. No, no, it was more just uh, he just got a bit bored of it, which uh, right. is, I'm sure is something you can relate to, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe you could introduce us and I'll do a pod with him instead. <laughs> it lasts about 40 seconds where we just well, go, yeah. He's also right. called Matt, so that could get quite confusing. <laughs> all right, okay. Right, the only thing I've got left on my docket is to dip back into Decide Your Destiny. Yes. Can you refresh my memory and the listeners? Where where did we leave off last time? Okay, so, David, you were walking to school one day yes. when you were beamed aboard an alien ship where we were introduced to Mr. Big. We were, yep. And his insect companion. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, he, and... he gave a sort of a kind of a Mexican accent. Yeah, I, I was like... trying to do like a hissing bug voice, but yeah. it just came out Mexican. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope you will commit to that for the for yeah. The, uh, yeah, duration. I've had some praise on Twitter for my voice acting. Oh, yeah, uh, ten, uh, 10 out of 10. I think the ever. Australian version of Dr. Tennant was a particular popular choice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and it turned out they were gathering alien species from around the galaxy for some sort of fighting contest. Yep. Uh, they mistakenly got you rather than Alexander the Great, mm-hmm. and you had a little run around. You escaped a bear-like alien. I did, and yes. And you were then captured again by Mr. Big, who this time was speaking to like a newt alien. Yep. And they were discussing the capture of Martha Jones. As they discussed yes. it, the Doctor entered... And then, I can't remember, but I assume you chose the option to go with the Doctor, because I've turned to that page, and if you chose the other option, it's going to take me about ten minutes. (laughs) I am certain I did choose to go with the Doctor. Okay, so, David. You dash after the Doctor, aware that the newt-like alien is padding wetly behind you. A blast of blue energy fizzes over your shoulder. Clearly, he has a gun. The Doctor dives to the right and you follow, entering a lounge area scattered with low tables and stools. As your pursuer bursts through the doorway and levels his weapon, the Doctor spins to face him, wide-eyed. Okay, okay, don't shoot. The alien relaxes his trigger finger slightly. Just one request, continues the Doctor. Catch. Whipping his hand from a pocket, the Doctor tosses a small silver ball to the alien, who unthinkingly obeys his natural reactions and catches it. Instantly, his entire body goes rigid. Synaptic disruptor, explains the Doctor. Won't last long, so we'd better move. David, will you take the room's other exit, or try the lift in the far wall? Let's, Let's go for the lift the lift so that is number 47 as you step from the lift it closes silently behind you you're in a wide corridor lined with tall grey lockers each bears a name serial number and a silver and yellow nine logo the doctor opens the nearest locker labeled zang and then it's got this code number po552491 
and removes a high-tech firearm. He examines it briefly, then, to your alarm, takes aim at you and pulls the trigger. Do you want to react to that, Ooh. David? Um, what are my options? No, 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 this is just oh, acting. Oh, this is just... Oh, okay. Ah! Uh, lucky for you, nothing happens. It's fingerprint sensitive, grins the doctor. Only our friend Mr. Zang can fire this. Standard protection on all Group 9 weaponry. Can I just say, can I just break character for a second and, and comment on this? That is very reckless behaviour on the Doctor's part. Yeah. Like, he obviously he recognised the technology, but what if it had been faulty? What if he just murdered a child just to prove a point? Yeah. Anyway, do continue. Well, he does say it's child's play to override. Oh, no, he doesn't. And it's child's play to override, sneers a familiar voice. You turn to see Mr. Big standing in the open lift. He is flanked by two aliens, both holding weapons like the ones you've been looking at. The Doctor gives you an anxious glance and silently mouths the word, Run. David, to break to your left with the Doctor, you can turn to page 44, or if you want to flee in the opposite direction and go alone, it's 86. I mean, obviously stick with the Doctor. Okay. Right, this is a big reading section, so sit comfortably. As you run for your life, you become separated from the Doctor. Oh, for fuck's sake! (laughs) Moments later, one of your pursuers brings you down in a crunching tackle. Within minutes, you are being roughly escorted to a cell block area. (sighs) In there, you little scumbag! Orders your unpleasant captor, shoving you in a cell and locking the door behind you. The cell is bare but for a bench-like bed, on which is sitting an intelligent-faced man in a tattered yellow and silver uniform. He introduces himself as Jal Neth, a Group 9 prison guard, and he explains the ship you are on, a prisoner transporter called the SS Custodian, has been taken over by its convict inmates after a mass breakout led by Mr Big. And now Big set up this prize-fighting racket continues Jalneth. He's developed some sort of device that lets him extract individuals from history. Guess that's how you got here. He's trying to pick legendary warriors to fight another. He calls them the Tyrants of Time. Your conversation is interrupted as the cell door suddenly hisses open. The Doctor stands outside, Martha at his side, and a slim silver cylinder in his hand. Sonic Screwdriver! grins the Doctor. Marvellous for locks. You hurry away from the cell together, and as you do so, you quickly relay what Jalneth has told you. I think you've left Jalneth for dead. Sounds like it. (laughs) That's bad, says the Doctor. Very bad. If Big is really extracting key historical figures, there'll be disastrous repercussions. Oh no, Jalneth's still with you. As you meet an intersecting corridor, Jalneth halts abruptly. I need to go to communications, see if I can contact HQ. And he darts away down the left-hand passage. The Doctor turns to Martha and points straight on. You go that way. Check on the TARDIS. I'll see what I can do about this extraction device. Then he turns and hurries away down the right-hand corridor. Okay. David, do you want to go with Martha or go with the Doctor? I'm going to... for for uh, For a bit of variety... Because I want to hear your your Martha impression next week. I'm going to say I go with Martha. 
Okay, so and I think just... that's where we'll leave it for this week. Yeah, I'm just going to put a bookmark in there. There we go. So exciting, oh. David! You might yeah. get on the TARDIS next week. That will be fun, won't it? Yeah. yeah, something to look forward to, listeners. I'd love to know what <laughs> listeners think of that. Like, yeah, are, are they at home, like, clawing at their ears, desperate for the wheelie big quiz to make a return? <laughs> I, I, I wonder, because it's hard to say with Choose Your Own Adventure books, how many weeks is this going to go on for? Are we still going to be? But... Are we still going to be doing this by like August this year? Well, the good news is, when I was having a little look on eBay. Yeah. Just to see, you know, what the other books are like in terms of availability. There's actually some really old ones from 1985 starring Ooh. Tom Baker and Colin Baker. So maybe we'll oh. mix it up a bit. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone knows I do a mean Tom Baker impression. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um, so, all that out of the way, Matt... Is it finally time for us to uh, deal with the small matter of dark water and death in heaven? Oh, I do think it rather is, David. There's my Tom <laughs> Baker impression. I just wanted to get that out there. Yes, yes. very good, very good. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, let's talk dark water, death in heaven. So, um, series eight finale, mm-hmm. written by Moffat. When, when was it broadcast, Matt? Uh, the 1st of November 2014. We're almost... Within five years of each other, yeah, yeah. we're getting. Um, we've got one more series, then we're sort of caught up. Um, what we took to f- sort of five years. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like as I say, it's going to take us basically this whole year to to catch up to where the show. Or, or well, actually, well, where the show is now, but everyone is anticipating the next series will be airing this coming autumn or winter. So. Mm-hmm. There will be to get completely caught up. We're probably talking spring twenty twenty two. Yeah, but um, anyway, yeah. Um, so directed by Rachel Talalay, which yeah. is a name to keep an eye on. I don't know if if uh, it rings any bells with you. No, already. but I I've put a little note that says I I think she does a pretty good job. Yes. Um, what I will say is. I don't give too much away, but she is probably, she's certainly one of the most significant directors that uh, the the modern series has ever had. Um, Prior to this, her biggest claim to fame was she directed the Tank Girl movie. Oh, wow. Um, Which I've still never seen. I know it gets, some people love it, some people hate it. I I watched Um, it a long time ago and... In the same way that, like, when I watched the Paul McGann film, I've got, like, yeah. vague memories. And I just remember it being absolutely, like, balls mental. Mm. Which, is a, which is a vibe I'm usually down for. Mm. Um, so I'm very... It, I, it's been high on my to-do list for a very long time. Um, because I, I... If you asked most, like, committed uh, New Who fans who their favourite director is... I think there's a uh, more often than not they will say Rachel Talalay mm. because and this this episode really I don't think really shows quite how good she can be but she directs some of the other uh, some other significant episodes going ahead and so if her name comes up in the credits 
pay attention to what she's doing mm-hmm. because she she really is um, a, a force to be reckoned with in terms of direction. Um, if if would you, you were just ranking to... these, David, would you rank yeah. them together or separately? I I I view it as one story. And and have there are what... definite there are different differences in in emphasis on each on each part, but I I always feel of it think of it in terms of, as as a whole, and I would rank it as a as a good episode, a really damn good one, not perfect, but well, I'm I'm yeah. going to rank it, and I'm going to create a new category that we okay, probably I'm should have had in the past, this. to be honest. Right. So our usual ranking system is good episode, bad episode. Good episode, some bad bits. Bad episode, some good bits. And no emotional attachment. Uh Uh-huh. Certainly Dark Water and, to a lesser extent, the second episode, Death in Heaven. I'm going to rank this good episode, some great bits. Ooh. I would would, uh, fully, uh, fully endorse that. Yeah, there's some there is some absolutely fantastic stuff in here. I will go on record as saying of all the series finales we have seen today, this is my favorite. Mm. It, uh it, it you know, eclipses anything from the RTD era and any of Moffat's finales for for Matt Smith. The thing is, I think the actual story like is just absolutely ridiculous. Oh yes. But there yeah. are individual moments that save this. Yeah. And I don't want to say too much because obviously we'll have an end of series recap coming up soon. We will, yeah. But I I worry that this episode is going to skew my perception of what I think is quite a weak series. Uh potentially. What I do think is it 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 re- it certainly does retroactively um it, t- it it does a good job, I think, of tying together a lot of the themes mm. and, and, and big moments of the series in a very emotionally satisfying way. Uh, and it, there is an element to which Series A is a long game. Yeah. It, uh, 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 there is a, a lot of stuff, uh, decisions that in the moment you're a bit like, what What are they doing here? And then after you've seen these, it's like it kind of all clicks into place. You're like, oh, right, okay, okay. I see where we're going. Um, but, yeah, we will talk more about that, I think, next... Um, well, in a few weeks, when we when we do our, our series. Uh, or not a few weeks, a, a couple of weeks now, uh, when we'll be doing our, our Series 8 wrap-up. Um, but, yeah, I think... Uh, should we just... Uh, we've, got, we, we've got a lot of specifics to get into, so so let's, let's do that, why don't we? Right. So, the episode Dark Water... Opens with Danny. Yep. And Clara just calls him to tell him to shut up, which is nice. <laughs> um, and She's Clara... been hanging out with Capaldi too long, hasn't yeah. she? And she has loads of post-it notes on the wall of all her different adventures. Yeah. And I couldn't work out whether that was for her benefit to like organise her life or whether it was everything she wanted to tell Danny, probably a little bit of both. I, I think it was yeah I think it was her trying to just figure out what she's going to say uh, yeah. what, what all the points that she needs to cover everything that she needs to apologize for like well, that's she's if made you go the decision back to in the forest of the night he does say you know tell me but I want you to think about it yeah so maybe this is so, her 
having thought. This is what she's doing, but again, it it does come across a little bit like she's there's an element of of unraveling there. I feel like it's not quite. Are you a fan of Always Sunny in Philadelphia? No, no, never uh, really watched. You've it. probably even if you're not, you've probably seen the meme of uh, Charlie with the uh, yeah the, the 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 board the the kind of like it's all connected crazy crazy um, conspiracy board thing. So it, it's not quite that level, but I think there is an element of her again. Yes, she's wanting to come clean to Danny, but in a but in a way where she's kind of taking control. And, and, you know, as evidenced by the fact that her first thing is shut up and listen. It's not a let's have a conversation moment. It's a look, I'm going to sort this out. Um, So she says that she loves him. Yeah. And then he goes silent. Yeah. Uh, A woman picks up his phone and says she's sorry. Danny's been hit by a car. Yeah. Now, two points I want to make here. I know what, what at least one of them is going to be, so uh, we'll get it out of the way. What we, do you think? Um, it's it, You're going to mention the fact that you can't hear the car hitting. Danny. No, I was like, going to say that we know Danny can jump eight foot in the air and do a somersault. Like, <laughs> you know, that's his basic army training. Why didn't he yeah. just leap over the car? He didn't see it coming, clearly. If he has, yeah. then that's obviously what he would have done. But You know, uh, he can get away from that robot thing, but a simple car... And also, yeah. when I listen to the Married to Who review of this episode, they say yeah. it was revealed in, like, a book later, like a compilation yeah. of Missy stories, that Missy's the one driving the car. Ooh. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. Mm. Because I don't, weirdly, I don't think I need that, personally. Yeah, because we do see the car. Yeah. Like, And also, I don't know, I paused this scene, because... He did a lot of damage to that car. He must have been like the thing in Fantastic Four. <laughs> like, braced himself. Because the front of that car is absolutely totaled. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, what what I want to say about this scene in particular, there's a lot There's a lot you could potentially praise, but um, Jenna Coleman's performance. Yeah. In, in terms of representing, like, the grieving process... Yeah, I mean, well, even that the, the initial, the, the the kind of the shock moment where she's, you, you can see the cogs turning and like just her body movements, her eye movements, it's it's proper masterclass level acting. Mm. Uh, I think she's extraordinary in that scene. And, and then Talalay's direction as it transitions from her initially rushing out to the scene and it's that fluid edit into like six months later or something. Mm. Um, Or at least a few weeks later. She's trying to call the doctor, but he's on like a strange planet. Yeah. And her Nana tries to comfort her, but Clara's really cold at this point. She's become like hardened. Yeah. She's just kind of numb. Isn't she? And, and just not, says, not kind of... you know, I'm owed better. Yeah. So the doctor picks up the phone eventually and says, what can I do for you? And I think we all know at this point what he can do for her. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I, at first I didn't really know what was going on here, but it becomes quickly evident. 
we yes. get a weird vision of the Doctor and Clara at a volcano. Yeah. Now, at first, I thought this was going to be like the absolute ending of this finale because yeah. obviously we know Clara was picked by Missy. I thought, yeah. is Clara going to be revealed as the big bad? But no, this is what's happening now. Yeah. Um, so she has stolen all the TARDIS keys whilst the Doctor's like distracted. Yeah. She and she claims to have put the Doctor to sleep with one of his patches. Yeah. And the reason she has all the keys is she's blackmailing the Doctor. She said, oh, I really want to see a volcano. Yeah. And the reason for that is that's the only thing that can destroy TARDIS keys, so she's throwing them in, Mm -hmm. saying, we're going to fix Danny's death. Yeah. And every time he says no, she throws a key. And I thought this was one of the best moments of this finale. Absolutely, this, this it's scene an amazing is scene. top draw. Yeah, like and 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 again, the the the, the acting from both Jenna Coleman and Peter Capaldi. Yeah, they they are just both both extraordinary in this scene, and and the moment when Clara throws the last one in and like crumples, and is crying, and, 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 and you know apologizes, but says, "I you know I'm sorry, but I'd do it again." Like yeah, sort of sorry, not sorry. <laughs> And and but genuinely meaning both, um, yeah, I- I- incredible stuff. And then of course the the sort of head fuck reveal that none of it actually happened. Yeah, and that, that it wasn't a sleep patch; it just induces a dream state. And the doctor kind of allowed allowed the scenario to play out because he wanted to understand what Clara was doing and why she was doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, um, I, I like the bit where Clara says, let's go save Danny, and the Doctor says, no, go to hell. And she's like, oh, whatever. And he's like, no, 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 we're, we're going to hell. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're going to or, the afterlife. Yeah, wherever people go when they die. Yeah, yeah, a nice bit of wordplay. And uh, th- we've got to highlight, I think, what a lot of uh, many fans would, would point out as perhaps the... The, the the best the, line, the best of... line of, of of the the whole story potentially. You, do you think I care for you so little that betraying me would make a difference? Mm. I highlighted oh. that straight away. It's wonderful writing, and like it, it really cuts to the core of. Yeah, there might be some external grumpiness there, but this doctor is the doctor, one hundred percent. Yeah. So the doctor says it's time to find out what we're made of. We're going to hell. So yeah. they plug Clara into the TARDIS again. Yeah. Like we'd seen in is it Hyde? Yes. And they tell he tells Clara, think of Danny. That's you know, if there's a trace of him anywhere, that's where we're going. Yeah. And the TARDIS makes a link and thinks that Danny is somewhere. And He's in an office mm-hmm. with Seb that we've seen before. Yeah, played by Chris Addison. Yeah, I don't think we've praised his performance. I think he's really good in this. He's fantastic in this. But the, my only regret with it is the fact that, obviously, he worked very closely with Capaldi in uh, The Thick of It. He's mm-hmm. one of the other main cast members. And it's a shame that you've got a, a um, two-part story featuring both of them and they shared zero screen time together. Well, yeah. well I, I just like the idea that you know, 
the af knowing you're in the afterlife must be like, well, as we see with Danny, it's a complete head fuck. Yes. But Seb, because it's his job, he's just like okay with it, and he comes yeah. across as like being a little bit too okay with it. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's a little bit of a trope. The whole sort of. Um, the afterlife as as a sort of workplace environment and that that you know it would need some it would need pen pushers and maintenance people and all the rest of it um you know there's things like there's the radio four sitcom old harry's game there's um more recently the, the good place i don't have you seen the good place no no oh bloody hell get on that at some point that is a, an, an exceptional series and anyone listening Presumably, if you're listening to this, you are a Doctor Who fan. And if you are a Doctor Who fan, you will enjoy The Good Place. I guarantee it. Um, amazing piece of sort of uh, speculative, speculative fiction comedy. I wouldn't quite... You can't quite call it sci-fi or fantasy, but it's it's definitely in the realm of speculative fiction. And is is extraordinary. <laughs> extraordinary from start to finish, really. Um, but anyway, yeah, so... It's a little bit of a trope, but it's a trope for a reason. Most tropes are. They're, they're, they're tropes because they work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's really fun. Like Chris Addison's performance all the way through this is, like... Because he's, like... He's not just, like, a board office worker. Like, he obviously takes a little bit of pride in what he does. Yeah. And um, and he's got one of those things where it's, like... It's it's a superficial, superficially caring persona but then deep down he's just doing his job like makes me think of like it was like a hairdresser or something you know what i mean where they're like they'll pretend to be interested in you for yeah. for 20 minutes whilst they're cutting your hair but you know um so yeah i it's a great performance so yeah danny realizes he's dead yes and he's in a giant inverted spherical city no, yes, yeah, it's like living inside a sphere, uh, the nether sphere, as, as Seb likes to call it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Danny begins to freak out. Yeah. And at that point, the TARDIS lands, and we see there's loads of fish tanks. Mm. And I like the little slogan, rest in peace, we promise. <laughs> yes, yes, and we we understand the, the full... Uh, implication of that later but uh yeah so the fish tanks are actually tombs they've got skeletons in them and one of them moves nice visual Mm. now i think we need to address something that you did mention on our twitter feed when you were getting ready to watch these episodes iplayer have uh, dropped the ball again didn't they with the thumbnail for this story in that they decided to choose for for the um, for the preview image, the pretty much the closing shot of the episode, which is the the, the Cybermen standing on the steps of St Paul's. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, did you put two and two together? Well, not at this exact moment, but whilst okay. whilst we're on that topic, like yes, I had the, the Cyberman reveal sort of spoilt for me. Yeah, but. There's hints to the Cybermen. One of them I uh, I got straight away yeah. and I sort of respected it. I thought that was I thought they did it in a good way. 
Yeah. And then one of them I just totally didn't notice until yeah. like I really thought about it. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you? Do you want to mention them now, or should we wait until we hit? Uh, well, in the story? well, we can talk about it. The, yeah. the first being that the fish tank only shows organic matter. So yeah. they say that the skeletons are held in like a shell to preserve the life yeah. essence or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first I was like, oh, right, that's interesting. And then I was like, oh, right, now I, yeah. I get... And, you know, the reveal where the water drains from the tank and you've got a yeah. skeleton at the bottom but a Cyberman at the top, I thought it was brilliant. I thought that was yeah. really cleverly done. It is. It's it's so disturbing, isn't it? And then the second is the logo for three W. Yes. Where it's the two circles, and I, at first I was yeah. just like, "All oh, right, that's their logo." Whatever. But yeah. it's when you see the door close. Yeah. And oh, you've got the so two good, together, it? and it forms like a Cyberman face. And Again, I'm... at first I was just like, "Oh, it's just their logo." But when that happened, I was like. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, it's so well done, and and because I mean, it comes it comes right after the doctor says something like, "I'm missing something here." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he walks through the doors and they just like close behind him. So yeah, so cleverly done. Um, so yeah, I would say the reveal that the Cybermen were the villain was spoiled for me, but the episode wasn't spoiled for me. Yeah, those those moments still had some impact for you. That's good to hear. Yeah. I think just rather than it being a surprise, I was sort of able to appreciate the nod. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, where are we in the episode now? So, we find out the company's called 3W. Yeah. And they take care of death and the dead. And there's almost like the scrolling Star Wars text. Oh, yes. It's a little like holographic scrolling thing. And there's some voiceover on it as well. Yeah. Until the Doctor realises that behind the projected writing is Missy, who's reading it. The Doctor says, wow, that must be difficult to read in reverse. Yes. So Missy introduces herself. Yeah. And kisses the Doctor. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, she doesn't just kiss the Doctor. She kisses the Doctor. The hands on the wall and the... Oh, my God. Goodness. And especially this yeah. incarnation of the Doctor that doesn't really like to be touched. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Oh, yeah, the performance from both of those. And, and, and I love the little nose kisses afterwards as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, so... Immediately, like, oh, um, Michelle Gomez's performance is just so uh, delightfully We're, we're going to talk about her, don't worry about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so we find out that Missy stands for Mobile Intelligence Systems Interface, and she is a droid. Did you buy that? Uh, well, at first I was like, it kind of makes sense because of her erratic behaviour. Yeah. But no, I didn't yeah. really. Um, especially because my previous idea was that she's the Christian god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Also, Missy rolls her R's in a little heart back to the Seventh Doctor. She does, yeah. Yeah. And plus, I, I, I'm i going to retract everything I ever said about Sylvester McCoy. Like, you, you've gone full, full 180 at this point, have you? Yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of his portrayal of the Doctor, but my God, what, what a guy. Like, I followed him over, t- over Christmas and he was just having a hoot. 
<laughs> you know, that that's how I want to age. Not not entirely disgracefully, but just whimsically just doing whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I agree. I, I have massive respect for him. And, uh, you know, also of the of the classic doctors, he's probably the one who's got in some ways the highest profile. He's still booking like major Hollywood films and things like that, you know. Mm. Um, so, you know, re- respect to him. He's, you know, he's obviously got something. I'm so excited to get into his era properly. I've got, I'm, I'm halfway through, um, I think, is it, I can't remember because it's one of the Dalek stories where the, the title begins with an R word and they I get them all muddled up. I think it's Resurrection of the Daleks, which is my last Colin Baker story I've got to watch. Mm-hmm. And then I'm into McCoy properly. So really excited for that. But uh, anyway. So, so the Doctor so, sort of gives her the old sonic screwdriver up and down. Yeah. And he feels her heartbeat. And at first yeah. I was like, oh, go for the heart. That's a telltale sign of, you know, yeah, the, old, yeah, yeah. the old time was. And he asks who maintains her. And she says, the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Chang! Oh, <laughs> best line delivery of the episode. <laughs> Especially because when she said the doctor, I was like, oh man, like this, this could be big. Yeah, uh, and then no, it's just—it's it's just a doctor, not yeah. the doctor. Uh, I just, I just do like—I I properly hoot every time <laughs> I see that clip. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. the the doctor and Clara leave with Doctor Chang, as Missy does a big old evil smirk. Mm. So, Danny begins stressing. Yeah. And Seb asks, have you killed anyone? Yes. And we yeah. have like a little war flashback where we see... This is it. We fi- we finally get the sort of missing piece of the puzzle with Danny. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah. So in conflict, under pressure, he shot and killed a small boy. Yeah. Who he then is forced to come face to face with. Yeah. And like you say, all of a sudden, like, all Danny's flaws make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, 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 of course he's quitting the army after that. Mm. Of course. And, and, like, I mean, in some ways, it must have taken enormous bravery for him to even to go into a profession where he's going to be facing children again. Yeah, and I can't put my finger exactly on it, but I'm certain early in the season, one of the kids is like, sir, have you killed someone? Yeah. Yeah, What the the way that scene plays out is that the the kid says, sir, have you ever killed anyone? And so he initially just sort of says, you know, I was in the army, there was a war, there were... We had our soldiers, they had theirs. Uh, I'll leave the rest to your imagination. So kind of not directly saying yes, but kind of saying, I mean, well, duh, I was a soldier. And then he's the, the kid, rather than leaving it, presses him and says, did you ever kill anyone who wasn't a soldier? Mm. And that's the moment where he sort of cries sort of silently. Yeah, because it turns so. out it's the worst case scenario, not just a yes. civilian death, but a child. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So... Um, the Doctor, back with him and Dr. Chang, 
asks about the skeletons, and this is where we find out they're kept inside an invisible casing. Yeah. And it's the dark water that only shows organic matter. Yeah. So, at this point, I was like, oh, what are they hiding that's inorganic? Oh, yeah. Cyberman. Yeah. So, we then have this idea introduced that 3W stands for something. Yeah, three I, words. I was trying to solve it. I was like, do they all start with W? And I was like, mm. is it what went wrong? Is it? <laughs> what? What? What is it? Yeah, um, but obviously after a bit of preamble, and I, I they they almost over egg it, but I don't think they quite do. When you know the Doctor Shanks was like, "Are you sure you want to hear this? Is this you know this will change everything? This is a horrible thing to hear." Uh, yada yada yada, and then obviously it turns out the three words are, "Don't cremate me." <laughs> yeah, God, that is dark. Yeah. So that's sort of one of the key ideas introduced, is that yeah. the dead experience and feel what their bodies are feeling. So you could potentially feel the pain of being cremated. Yeah. You know, my, that, my, yeah. Danny it's, always uh, complains that he's cold, and that's because his body's in like the morgue freezer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So my, my, my big question at this moment is, what is wrong with Moffat's brain? How yeah. do you come up with that? Well, again, I'm I'm certain it was when I was listening to the Married to Who. Yeah. They they mentioned that the BBC had to put out a statement because yeah. children were like, "Is is Granny coming back? Is yeah. She, is she going to be better? Or like when we cremated Granny, did she feel that? I mean, I mean yeah, I, I can understand why. It's it definitely. I think it's one of the one of the darkest moments of uh, the modern series. It really it push it, it 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 goes I think sort of right to the brink of where you can take what is ostensibly a family show. Um, obviously, I think it is tempered by the fact that the Doctor is immediately dismissive of it, mm. and ultimately it is revealed to not actually be the case. Yeah, you know, um, but it's <laughs> yeah, it's a horrible thought and a horrible moment and. Yeah, just I, 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 I genuinely marvel at the the sort of dark imaginativeness of it because I like I don't think I could ever have come up with that idea. No. no. Um so yeah. So uh Danny is still super upset and he scares away the little boy that he killed. So yeah. he's trying to justify almost to himself what happened. But he yeah. scares the little boy away and yeah. That's interrupted when he gets a call from Clara. Whilst this is going on, Missy has summoned all the skeletons, so she sort of called them to action. Yep. And the Doctor tells Clara, you need to question Danny specifics about their relationship, you know, to make sure it really is him and not a projection of Danny, for want of a better idea. Yeah. Uh, So... It's at this point the Doctor says, I'm really missing something here, as the doors close to form the Cyberman eyes. Yeah. And he realises that Missy has opened the tanks. Mm -hmm. Because Dr. Chang says she's his boss, not a droid at all. Mm -hmm. So the Doctor knows he's been fooled here. Okay? Yeah. So she incinerates Dr. Chang as the water drains. Well, before she does, 
she asks him to say something nice. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, oh, yeah. The, the, the way Missy goes about randomly offing people. Yeah. Uh, it's because yeah. she's bananas. She is. <laughs> <laughs> so the water drains, and like I say, this is one of my favourite shots, where as the water lower, level lowers, the Cybermen are revealed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the Nether Sphere is a Gallifreyan hard drive. It's Time Lord technology. Yes, it's. A, um, I think the Doctor refers to it as a Matrix slice. Uh, Matrix being something that was introduced in uh, Classic Who. I want to say Deadly Assassin was the first use of it. But it's basically... The Matrix on, on, on Gallifrey is like this sort of depository of... of uh, of knowledge, like, isn't it? Not Knowledge. Well, it's in the form of, I believe... Basically, when when Time Lords finally die, they're kind of uploaded to the Matrix. So it is a sort of afterlife for Time Lords. Mm -hmm. But, like, then others can kind of access their experiences and their memories and and things like that. Mm -hmm. So she says, upload the mind, upgrade the body. Yes. And the Doctor's trying to work out who she is. And she says, he says, well, I felt you had two hearts. And she says... Well, the doctor says you're a time lord, and she says, "Well, yeah. time lady, come on," which is which is good. And she yes. says, "I'm the one you left behind." Yeah. So, the doctor starts freaking out because yeah. he has no He's... grasp of the situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when he runs through a door, he realizes he's just in central London. Yeah, he hasn't travelled on... that far at all. On the steps of St Paul's. And the reason for that is that when the Cybermen are released, they can do the most harm and damage. Okay. Yes, and and also so that uh, the show can reference the invasion, which was a Patrick Troughton story, which had the the Cybermen in Central London, uh, and has a very iconic shot of them on the uh, shot of them on the uh, steps of St Paul's as well. So it's just a, really. <laughs> an, an awful lot of decisions there were made purely so they could just pop that reference in. <laughs> so, Danny on the phone to Clara can't answer specifics. He just says, I love you over and over again. And yes. Said, now, some people find that frustrating. I, I always thought it was pretty obvious that the reason he was doing that was because he wanted... He didn't want Clara to try and come and follow him. And, yeah. of course, the reason for that is... He believes he is dead. He is in some sort of afterlife, and the only way Clara could come to find him is to, is to basically take her own life. Yeah, which he doesn't want her to do, understandably. So uh, yeah, so yeah, he's he, he's he doesn't deliberate... understand that he's just somewhere else. Yeah, so he he's he's being deliberately evasive. Yeah, um, to stop her trying to come there. Yeah, so Seb asks Danny to delete his emotions. Yeah. And Clara sees the Cybermen being released into London. Yeah. And Missy tells the Doctor that the main weakness of the human race is the dead outnumber the living, so she's going to have a huge army of Cybermen. Mm -hmm. And when the Doctor says, who are you? She says, well, I'm Missy. It's short for Mistress, because I couldn't keep going on calling myself the Master. Which was a bit of a bomb drop for me. Oh, because I'm so pleased to hear I, that. I don't know if you remember, but I had the return of the master spoiled for me 
like a you series did. or you two did. ago. And yeah. I, I was expecting just it would just be John Sim again. Yeah. Not I, I sort of forgot that Missy Well, I sort of well, forgot the, that the master, the master could, could regenerate. regenerate. Yeah. 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 The last time we saw the master, didn't he get shot back to Gallifrey? Yeah, he was sucked back into the time war. With Rassilon, wasn't With he? With Rassilon and, and all the other Time Lords, yeah. Yeah, so obviously something's happened between then and now. Yeah, the because Master's back. Who cares? I, I mean, I, <laughs> I think some of the stories we've seen the Master in have been a little bit hokey. But yeah. But he's probably my... Well, I say he, she, they, is probably my favourite villain. I like the mm. idea that the Doctor has an equal and an opposite. Yeah, it makes it's it makes it a nice change. Now, the, the the thing is, obviously, you 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 do find that the Master ends up like it always ends up being some kind of a team up. So you have the Master, and then you have whatever whatever sort of goons they have for a, a story. In this case, it's mm-hmm. a Cyberman. We've in the Bond show, we've had the Toclophane and uh, don't forget the demons like from Deimos. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's you've always got a, a, the master plus some random monster, but uh, it's with a master story. It's always about the master and the relationship there. Um, yeah, amazing reveal. Some people called it, I think, back in the day when this was airing, but there was a lot of speculation about other potential. Uh, time lords or time ladies, if you prefer, um, chiefly. Romana, who was a former companion of the Doctor, mm-hmm. and uh, the Rani, who I would still love to see come back one day. She was only ever in two classic stories. Mm-hmm. She was introduced quite late. It was uh, in the Colin Baker era. I think she had one with Colin Baker, one with Sylvester McCoy. And what makes her distinct from the Master is that she's not evil, She's just completely amoral. She is a scientist. She's like she's actually probably smarter than the Doctor or the Master, mm-hmm. but uh, she just wants to like do her experiments and be left to her own devices. And she doesn't really care what kind of collateral damage her experiments might cause. She's just com- a completely amoral scientist. Mm-hmm. Um. And actually, there was the the preview version of this story that was released for reviewers actually had the reveal be that she was the Rani because they didn't want the re- real reveal spoiled. Oh, really? Yeah. And when they shot that scene of them, because they were shooting it in public, uh, they had um, Michelle Gomez and Peter Capaldi just mouthing their lines rather than speaking them aloud. And then they recorded them and dubbed them over in a- ADR. Mm. Um which, uh, you know, just so that, you know, there was no chance of anyone, in, uh, any members of the public overhearing that reveal. Yeah. So they really, they did they did everything they could to kind of keep it under so wraps. Does, does it definitely, f- it, sh- it shocked me when, I, when it happened. Does the footage exist of Michelle Gomez saying, I am the Rani? I don't know. I've never seen it. It's just something I've read on the internet. It might not be true, but uh, I'm just I, I, I'd love to, to see that. A quick Google. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so if I Google Michelle Gomez, the how's that spelt? Is it R A N I? And if I go videos, 
No. <laughs> it doesn't appear to be immediately accessible on yeah. the internet. Uh, I'd love to see it one day if uh, if that ever does kind of see the light of day. Mm. Or whether it's just it could just be one of those things that one person posted it as a rumor on the internet and it's just taken on its life on, uh, of its own as a as a genuine fact. That does happen sometimes. Mm. Um but yeah, either way, amazing reveal. Mm. And significant because whilst obviously we have had references to time lords changing gender you know mo- notably the corsair in uh, the doctor's wife and i think a few other oblique references as well this is the first time we have a confirmed case of a time lord who has previously been portrayed by male actors now being portrayed by a female actor mm-hmm. that has never happened before um and really, it's another way in which Moffat kind of laid the groundwork for what we have now with Jodie Whittaker playing yeah. the 13th Doctor. Yeah. But I I think not only by having a high-profile character do it first, yeah, but also, like, Michelle Gomez is absolutely brilliant. It's, it's such good casting. Yeah. You know? Like... Uh, and and she makes it that her own. It's straight away like you. I could not. I could not imagine anyone else giving a p- performance even close to what she does in, yeah. in this story. Yeah. Now hats off to her. Yeah. Okay then. Right. Let's rattle through the the, the final part and uh, okay. Call this so a day. we're now in episode twelve, Death in Heaven, from the eighth yep. of November two thousand fourteen, and. It opens with Clara hiding from Cyberman, and it's the Cyberman who's the original Doctor that discovered the afterlife, isn't it? Because he's uh, been like preserved in this office museum room. Yes, I forget yeah. the guy's name. Doctor. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Okay. And she says, "Well, I'm a high priority target. I can't be killed." And the Cyberman says, "No, wrong. You are Clara Oswald." And she says, "Well, Clara Oswald never existed." It's a fabrication, a a ruse, a cover-up. And at first I was like, is it? Because we know Missy chose her. Is this the reveal? I'm obsessed with the idea that Clara's the villain. Um, (laughs) But no, she says, I am the Doctor. Okay. And then again, I was like, well, is it? Because does... We know know Time Lords can change gender now. Yeah. Is this all part of, like... The master's plan, because I know he does bad things, but sometimes he does good things. Like, mm-hmm. what is going on? And that was cemented with the opening titles. Yeah. This is this was ballsy. I love it. I, I think this is a brave move for what is little more than just a lampooning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they they what happens is they reverse the the order, the name order, so Jenna is credited before uh, Peter in this yep. episode and they even when the eyes flash up on uh, in the title sequence they've got clara's eyes instead of the doctor's eyes yeah um ah oh, so, lovely so yeah like i was just like what just, is going on it's just kind of just, just piling on the head fucks isn't it <laughs> yeah but like part of me just thought oh that's a really good trick to escape clara well done but yeah. then part of me thought well doctor who does have a knack of just throwing in absolute left turn ideas and explaining yes. them later. Yeah. So like it I would I probably would have accepted it 
if they went that way. If they committed to it, yeah. 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 I think I think a lot of people would. I think a lot, it also does play into one of the major criticisms of the people who don't like Clara um, is that they think she's too important, like she's too too wrapped up in the thing. And like the point, going to the extent of basically kind of portraying her as the Doctor was just like, you know, just yet more fuel for those those kinds of people. But, you know... A lot of those, a lot of those fans, I think, are the same people who are now grumping about about Jodie Whittaker and stuff. So uh, yeah. I, I pay them no heed. Yeah, they've got bigger problems. They do. Um, they do. Um, but also, like we've seen Clara mimic the Doctor this series. Yeah. Uh, you know the one with the flat people. I forget what it's called. Um, Absolutely. She is. She is like. So, she's less at this stage. She is less a companion, more an apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So she is able to like mimic and fulfill that role. So you know, even if she is just pretending to be the doctor, I I bought it like yeah. entirely. So back with the doctor and Missy, tourists are taking photos of the Cybermen and Missy's in her element. She is loving it. Yeah. Okay. Then unit appear. So this this episode just gets bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It does, it does, you know, and I, I love, I love the way um, it's revealed as well. Where you know where Osgood kind of turns up and and, and uh, yanks Missy's tech away from her and says, "Oh, do you want to take a? Should I take a photo? It's hard to do with a selfie, isn't it? You know." Um, and I like, I like the costume change. I like that she's sporting the bow tie now that she's had her, her encounter with the Eleventh Doctor. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, it's, it's good to see Osgood I'm going to talk about Osgood later on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Kate Stewart takes charge of the uh-huh. situation, and the Cybermen all rocket away. Uh, yeah. St. Paul's Cathedral opens up at the top, and the Cybermen all fly out. Yeah. And then I've just put Osgood docks about for a bit. Yeah. Okay. They work out there is... I can't remember, is it 59 Cybermen? Because there's one for every city in the UK. I think it was 91. Uh, it might be. Possibly. I, I don't know. But yeah, like every to... major population centre in the UK, basically. Yeah. So they fly above the cities. There's one for each, like you say, one for each city. And they explode because they are pollinating. Yeah. Okay. So back with Seb and Danny. Seb tells Danny that the Nethersphere is a cloud of deceased memories. Mm. Okay. Uh, Back with the Doctor. Unit knocks out the Doctor and Missy. But the Doctor tells Osgood quickly to guard the graveyards. Yeah. Okay. So it's only raining in the cemetery because the water, the dark water, is being used... To, to transmit basically... and infect to turn the dead into Cybermen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I like. I both like and don't like this idea. Right. First of all, I think we need to quickly address flying Cybermen. How did you feel about that? Because um, it's a new ability. We've not seen them like turn into like little rocket guys before. I mean, I suppose Iron Man was probably big at this point. <laughs> it was certainly. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't seem like a stretch to me. I quite like it. Yeah, wouldn't want it. Wouldn't want it every time, but I think like, it works for this story. Imagine buying into the idea of robot men with no emotions, but the idea they can fly—that's just too far. 
It, I mean, it genuinely was the case for some people, but oh, but this fandom, Matt, this fandom, oh, no, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, 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 what was the other thing I was going to mention? Yeah, the the thing I slightly struggle with this is the fact that okay, I I I can buy the fact that this this dark water is somehow imbued with what the, the doctor says like the plans to make a new cyberman mm-hmm. but the idea that it can kind of just grow this intricate robotic body over a corpse underground mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like yeah it just that that is you know that's technology as magic isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah which is you know this show does the, do- the doctor has a magic wand it's fine it, I, so i don't i don't obsess over it but it's a it's a big ask i think but it happens so quickly and you just you know and 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 the visual of having you know cybermen as metal zombies coming up out of the graves is so effective that i think i don't i don't worry about it too much yeah well we see some of the dark water goes into a morgue Yep. And turns a certain corpse into a Cyberman. Yes. And when the Cyberman picks himself up, he grabs a bit of paper that said Danny Pink. So yes, we've just got... in case he had any questions there. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got Cyber Dan now instead of yes. Cyberman. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, see, I see what you did there. So the Doctor wakes up. He's shackled and being taken onto the Valiant. An aeroplane. Yes. Is, is well, that it's classic... not the Valiant. It's because the Valiant was like that helicarrier. Oh yes. Three. Yeah. So that so he he thinks he asks if it is and the, and they said something about it being too conspicuous or something. Right. So it's just a big old plane instead. Because I had made a note to say is the Valiant a reference to Classic Who, but no, I've seen yeah. the Valiant. You have, yeah. Okay. And um, we're introduced to Colonel Ahmed, played by Sanjeev Bhaskar. Yeah. Who. I think he's a bit wasted in this story, to be he, honest. Like, they introduce him, and yeah. I thought, oh, it's going to be good to see him if he does, you know, a nice cameo, fill in that role. But yeah, he literally sort of says hello to the Doctor, and that's about it. Yeah, basically, it's someone someone for the Doctor to be a bit of a sneery ass to for, for five minutes. Um, he gets one funny moment where he corrects... Uh, Osgood about her Jerry Anderson knowledge. Yeah. Um, and he says um, that, that Cloud Base was, was Captain Scarlet, not Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was quite sweet and well played. But other than that, he doesn't really get anything to do here. And yeah, for such a big, big name in sort of like comedy and acting, I think, I, I think they should have given him a bit more to do or, or saved him for a different episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I like this bit where the Doctor says, well, he's talking to Kate Stewart, and she says, you know, in this time of need, Earth appoints one leader. And he says, oh, yeah. I can't imagine what sort of idiot you've appointed. And she says, well, hello, Mr. President. <laughs> so the Doctor yeah. is the President of Earth. It's a, it's a lovely scene. I love everything about Capaldi's performance. He's so dis- dismissive. And and I love that the entire time he sat there just dumping sugar after sugar into yeah, his tea. Because that, that's information that's not relevant to his plan, so he doesn't really care. Yeah. So he's entirely dismissive whilst yeah. they're having this conversation. Yeah. 
until uh, you know until it finds out his word is law. Mm. So yeah. So Clara maintains she is the doctor, mm-hmm. and that she says, you know, I'm very very good at lying, and yeah. unfortunately the sad Danny Cyberman just goes, that is true. <laughs> Oh, breaks my heart, doesn't it? Yeah, sad <laughs> yeah. Danny Cyberman. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, poor guy. But he rescues Clara. Yes. Uh, Missy then yeah. tells... Uh, it's, and it is a nice moment where he takes out those other Cybermen. Yeah. Yeah. Missy tells the Doctor that Gallifrey's not lost, but she refuses to tell him where it is. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor tells Missy he has succeeded in ruling the world. And that is her greatest wish and her greatest failure. Yeah. Okay. Then Osgood tells the Doctor that they should be focusing on the clouds. Why are clouds growing everywhere? Yeah. Okay. And obviously it's because they're raining the dark water, which is bringing Mm -hmm. the dead back to life in the cemeteries. Yes, and we yeah. see that because after she's been rescued, Clara wakes up in a cemetery. Yes. Okay. So the Moffat doctor does love a graveyard, doesn't he? Yeah. Forever you know... in a graveyard. Yeah. So the doctor works out the pollination plan and says mm-hmm. Missy must have been uploading people's consciousness forever. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Says that for as long as humankind has had an idea of the afterlife. It's because there is this afterlife that Missy herself has created. Yeah. Okay. So, Missy tells Osgood she's going to be dead in a minute, and it's her secret girl plan. Don't tell the boys. Oh, that Yeah, that whole scene. Like, um, Ingrid Oliver plays it really well, as well, who plays Osgood. Um, in that, you know, she's smart. She knows she's being manipulated. And yet, and yet she falls for it. And like, you can see, you can see all the wheels turning and the fact that she doesn't want to be manipulated. But also she, she, she's a scientist. She is naturally curious. And she's also, she, she admires the doctor so much. And, and the thing that gets her is when Missy says, the doctor would be so impressed if you knew my secrets. Yeah. And Missy knows what buttons to push. She really does. She, and so she plays it so well. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it, it, it as a scene, it's, it's like, it's heartbreaking, but it's still a little bit funny. Yeah. I like and it where just, she says, oh, just have a look in your pocket. And she yeah. pulls out the handcuffs. Ooh, what's and she that? goes, yeah. she goes, Oh, the quiet ones are always the worst. And then she goes, Well, if they're not your handcuffs, they must be mine. And it's she's been free the whole time. And do you know yeah. what? I'm gonna say something controversial here. I'm Go glad Osgood's dead. Oh, oh. Oh, that hurts me. I mean, I, I get it. I, I get yeah. Osgood. Like, I know why she's there. She's this nerdy dog. With asthma and all the nerdy dorks that like Doctor Who will be like, oh, that's just like me. I love her. She's brilliant. Glad she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Glad she's dead. I mean, you're not wrong. That's why. That's why I and many other fans do love yeah. her. But the uh, old audience yeah. surrogate got what she yeah. deserved. Yeah. She got blasted away, eviscerated into a pile of dust. Yeah. And I, for and one, the, fi- am the final happy. ignominy as well when she when she steps on her glasses. Yeah. 
that's so, upsetting. Whilst the Cybermen begin attacking the plane, the Doctor finds the pile of Osgood. Yeah. And Missy begins taunting him about it. Yeah. So, Clara talks to the Danny robot about how mm-hmm. much she loves the Doctor. She's not familiar that this is Danny at this point. So she's like, oh, I'd do anything. He's the one person I'd never lie to. I'd die for him, blah de blah de blah And this is where we get the reveal that after she says all this, it's Danny in the robot suit. Yes. So, you know, she said the wrong thing at the wrong time there. Mm-hmm. And he asks Clara to turn off his emotions. He says, you know, he's inevitably going to have to do something he's not going to enjoy. So yeah. he'd rather he was totally unaware of it. So I guess the question is, was it just a failed conversion? Like, why was his emotional inhibitor not activated when all the others presumably are? I mean, the answer is because it's convenient for the plot. But I've never managed to get a good headcanon reason why Danny is... Because Seb gives him the iPad where he has to turn his emotions off. And, and he, he just didn't get to him in time. He yes. just hadn't done it. Like there was a bit. I love that. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah. There's a bit where he stood like deliberating whether to do it, and we never yeah. actually see him do it. And I'd never thought about that, but yes, but presumably this is you know Seb going through the motions. He's had that same conversation with everyone else who's ever entered the Nether Sphere. Yeah. So it will be just yeah. And I great. Think Thank because... you. I've never I've never put that together before because at this point. Danny's still got a little bit of hope, whereas yeah. no one else will have the Doctor and Clara coming for them. Yeah. They'll have just done it. Because, isn't it, they, they turn off the emotion so you can't feel the pain of your own death? Like, your own cremation. I think so, yeah. And yeah. Danny's not quite at that point yet, so he hasn't no, done it. No, yeah. Well, well done. Thank you for that, Matt. You've solved something yeah, for me. Who's there. the bloody expert here? <laughs> yeah. Right, so the TARDIS phone interrupts the Doctor and Missy, and the Doctor realises that Missy has led Clara to him. And I think it's at this point she says, you know, what better combination than a control freak and the man who refuses to be controlled? Yeah. So. Nice line. Yeah, yeah, but I I thought it was going to be more important than that. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. I I don't think everybody loves that explanation but it's fine it works for me rather than just you know you you just need to chill so i got you a friend i also think people sometimes overestimate the master as some kind of tactical genius Mm. for me the master is clearly always winging it and that's the way the master likes it yeah and plus you know we've hinted at it she is bananas yeah exactly yeah she's not all Um, there but even even if you go all the way back to the Delgado master, who is much, who is much more of a smooth, suave, controlled kind of presence, I still get the feeling from him that he's just flinging shit at a wall, seeing yeah. what sticks. He's just like, ah, oh, let's try teaming up with these guys. Let's you know see what happens. I don't get the feeling that he's always got. He's some kind of chess grandmaster who's always planning ten moves ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the Cybermen continue to attack the plane, and they pull Kate Stewart out of the plane. They do, yeah. Yeah, another That's, fitting that end. That sucks. 
And Missy so, teleports away. Well, uh, I mean, you were happy to see Osgood go. How did you feel about Kate being off as well? Um, well, not so much the character, but I like the links with Unit. I always quite like the episodes yeah. where it's grounded with humans. Yeah. Unit, I think, is re- is really good for those kind of Earth invasion stories. When, mm. And uh, I I was very disappointed in that moment. I was like, oh, are they just are they they've only just set up this new version of Unit, and it was really nice to have con- like returning faces, which we never really had with with the Tenant era. It was really nice to actually have a proper established version of Unit, mm. and then it seemed in that moment that they were just throwing that all away again. But uh, yeah. Okay, so the plane explodes and the Doctor is falling to Earth. Yes, yeah. So is the TARDIS. Okay, so this moment, this is... I don't... You've got to have something for the kids in there, I guess, haven't you? Yeah. It's like, I think what gets me... Is okay. What annoys me most with it is the sort of James Bond level music. Yeah, turning it into this big stunt when it's obviously just a bit of green screen nonsense. Um, but what saves it for me is uh, Seb's reaction when it cuts to Missy and Seb watching it on their screen in the Nether Sphere. Mm. <laughs> Seb's line: "Permission to squee." Uh, immediately followed by uh, Missy's just casual. Disintegration thereof. Yeah. yeah. I, that moment is just yeah. Perfect. So it kind of it kind of helps to undercut the inherent ridiculousness of that of that little stunt. But uh So yeah. he lands in the TARDIS, which then appears near Clara, yeah. and he stops her from turning Danny's emotions off. Because yeah. he needs Danny's cooperation to reveal the grand plan of what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So, unfortunately, he can't access that plan whilst he still has emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, just before he goes, Danny objects to the Doctor acting like an officer. So, just one last time, Danny reminds us all he's a bit of a tool when he wants to be. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's in keeping. And and I do think... I guess the thing is, Danny is not wrong. Yeah, you know, Dan, Danny's not wrong about what he's saying. You know the way the way he sneers and says like, "Oh, and doesn't all of that the, those morals just fade away in in the event of a tactical advantage?" I you know, know that's he, a good line. He picks his moments to play up, doesn't he? I mean, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, he's not wrong, but I mean, now is not the time for yeah. gloating and 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 kind of trying to get the the upper hand in that way, but. You know, consistent with the character, and I think is needed to kind of again pull together the themes of this series. Mm. So um, Clara uses the sonic screwdriver, and I think this is an underrated yeah. line in this episode. Yeah. She says that she loves Danny, even though she wasn't very good at it. Yeah, you know, I think that summarizes nicely their relationship. I think the re- a lot of people have problems with this whole storyline and 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 Danny and Clara as a couple and to say, look, they're so bad for each other. Mm. Why are they together? And we've had discussions like that this series. Ultimately, I think it's important to remember we're only seeing the bad bits. 
Yeah. Because those are the dramatic moments. And ultimately, this isn't a romantic... This isn't a romance show. So we're only we're only getting these little glimpses of their relationship and it's the moments of tension that we that we we're being yeah. privy to i'm sure there were many many happy memories of danny and clara you know sat on the sofa what you know watching telly um joking about going on dates that weren't disasters you know regular couple stuff yeah um but we, you know, we don't get to see that because it doesn't make for good TV. So, but yes, yeah, so it it was. It's a nice moment from Clara there to kind of. Um, it doesn't. I don't. I wouldn't say it necessarily makes amends for all the mistakes she made, but it. She is at least acknowledging there that she's maybe not, not handled things brilliantly. So Clara switches Danny off. And he tells the Doctor that humanity will die and rise as Cybermen. Yeah. At that point, Missy reappears to say... I'll be honest, it's not great for tactical information, is it? The Doctor probably could have figured that out himself. Yeah, I I assume he already had. Yeah. If I'd worked it out, Clara's seen... I feel like I would have have liked Danny to have, like, known something specific about how to fix it. Yeah, I mean, like I say, um, Clara has seen Cybermen cr- climbing out of graves, so... Yeah, it yeah. Doesn't take... we, we, we know what's going on here, but anyway, yeah. Right, so Missy appears with a gift for the Doctor, and it is a Cyberman army. So he yeah. can go fight against oppression across the galaxy with an army of Cybermen. Yeah. And the reason she's done that is it's his birthday. Oh God, that reveal, that moment. Oh, and you believe it, mm. right? It's like it's like when it's like when a when your pet cat brings you a dead bird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know what I mean. It's like they it, it, they're doing it because they think they've got this relationship with you, but there's like you you're coming from such different places that it's it's not the gift you want. It's, no. Yeah, oh, and again... I mean, for Christmas, Capaldi did you get Gomez any gifts are... that you didn't want? Did you get any out-there gifts? I didn't, to be honest, because... This is going to sound really sad. I don't get many gifts, because I've got... You know, my I've got quite a small family on my side, so there aren't many people to get me gifts. Um, and, uh, yeah, people know me quite well, so I've, I don't... You know, i got some nice books that I wanted to read, and... Uh, Stuff like that. It was good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What about you? Did you get any clunkers? Uh, well, my brother, as sort of a joke, bought me a pack of four Christmas beers. Uh-huh. Now, when I say four Christmas beers, that's not just beers with Christmas painted on the cans. It was yeah. Christmas-flavoured beers. Oh, God. So the first <laughs> one was Irish coffee. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't that bad. That was just like no, a coffee. I, you know, was it like a was it like a milk stout kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was that, okay. You know, I can then, handle that. Then he got me an eggnog beer. Oh, oh no, yeah. no, that's a bridge too far. And then he got me an after eights mint beer. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. That's these are getting worse. I, I take it you're you're doing okay. What was the what was the uh, last one? A honey glazed ham beer. 
Oh, man. Which, actually, of the four, was probably the nicest one. <laughs> You're kidding me. No, it just tasted like you've had a swig of beer, then a bite of a ham sandwich. Whereas, like, <laughs> the After Eight mint one was so minty. Like... I bet I bet that tasted like beer and af- uh, and uh, mouthwash. Yeah, like I like mint as a flavour, but not as a drink. Yeah, no, that's I I generally I I I am I am done with those kinds of like novelty beers. Mm. I cannot be doing with them. You know, I don't just... know. Like, I... What one of my real New Year's resolutions is my wife got me a gift for Christmas where in twenty twenty one I'm going to try and drink a hundred different beers. Wow. So that's, like, uh, that's a challenge. I'm not aiming to drink horrible, like ham flavoured ones. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm up I'm up to eight already. Ooh, that is fast work. Yeah, so like I'm. Sta- I guess I guess you've been on holiday. <laughs> I, I've started with like obvious ones that are readily accessible. So mm. I've done like Budweiser, Heineken, ones like that. Yeah. Um, but next time I go, I'm going to get some more obscure ones. Good work. Yeah. All right then. Um, so we've gotten very distracted yeah. right near the end. Um, so the doctor says he doesn't want an army. He doesn't want the yeah. power. Missy yeah. tells him to go conquer the universe because she wants her friend back. Oh, yeah. And I, I couldn't really think of how to describe this any better. The Doctor reflects on all the hatred in his soul. Mm. Yeah, we get a lovely little montage of moments from the series. You know, the the Dalek saying, you are a good Dalek. The Doctor telling Robin Hood he's not a hero and yada, yada, yada. And, and all the way back to... Deep breath, am I a good man? Yeah. That that question that's kind of been plaguing him this whole series. So he kisses Missy to say thank you because he finally yeah. knows who he is. He's an idiot with a box and a screwdriver. Mm. Uh, he gives the bracelet that controls the Cyberman, the Cyberman army to Danny uh, and basically says, you can control them. And Danny gives a little speech, uh, like a rousing soldier speech, and says mm-hmm. that people can sleep safe tonight knowing he's in charge. Yeah. So he blows up some Cybermen to get rid of the clouds. And when Missy tells the Doctor that Gallifrey is back, Clara wants to kill Missy. Okay? Yeah. But the Doctor says, don't worry, I'll do it. I want to keep your soul, like... Pure. You don't need another death. Well, you don't need a death on your hands. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the doctor basically steps up to do it, but the Cyberman shoots her and yeah. shows the doctor that Kate is safe because the yeah. Cyberman that shot Missy is Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. <sighs> yes. Okay. So to rewind, one of the one of the little moments that was peppered in earlier was on the unit plane. There was a framed oil painting of Nicholas Courtney and you know they they have you know the doctor and Kate have a nice little chat about him and 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 you know Kate says all he ever wanted was a salute from you and the Capaldi delivers his lovely when he says oh all he had to do was ask um and then yeah obviously we get this moment the doctor salutes yeah cyber brig as he is known within the fandom okay 
and off he goes. And this was a, I think it's fair to say, a controversial moment. Yeah, because um, we did get in like a, a relatively decent send off, didn't we? Where we did. There was there was a, yeah that, died that, in that, a care home and yeah, it was uh, it was really beautiful. And and again, it was written by Moffat. He didn't need to do this, mm-hmm. but he wanted to for whatever reason. Um, and so the fandom's a bit divided on it. Like some people think it's just tasteless and it shouldn't have been done. And I'm more mixed on it. Like I can see the arguments on both sides. And that, that, that might sound like a cop out to some people, but you know, that's kind of my nature. I, I kind of try and I want to understand everyone's perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not, you know, it isn't black and white, you know, I think it was well-intentioned. I, don't, I certainly don't think Moffat wanted to offend anyone or upset anyone with it. Um, and I think it's possibly one of those things that's like well-intentioned, maybe a little bit bungled in the execution. Maybe it someone should have looked at the script and said, you know what, this maybe isn't worth it. But anyway, it's what we've got. I don't and... know, like, how, how did the family of Nicholas Courtney, like, react I don't know whether they did particularly. Um, maybe they did, and I'm just unaware of it. But how do you feel about it? Now, obviously, you don't have that sort of history, that sort of, like, years of relationship of watching that character growing up or anything. Yeah, but, like, if if everyone in this reality is dead... Yeah. Uh, ...and brought back as a Cyberman, then, you know, he wouldn't be exempt from that. No, he but wouldn't. I, does that need to be directly addressed? <laughs> <laughs> Therein lies the question, Matt. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think, I think it was. Uh, I I kind of try to accept it in the spirit in which it was given. Like this was meant to be a nice moment. The the you know, giving the 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 brigadier the salute that he always wanted. Uh, there, there is some sweetness to that. Yeah. So I, just I kind of like, like, try to focus on that element. Let let it go a little bit. Just, yeah, you know. I think it's fair to say I, I I could be wrong, and I'm forgetting something. I'm pretty sure this is they kind of lay off the brigadier references after this one. Yeah, I can understand why. Uh, <laughs> but right. uh, anyway, yeah. So, so two weeks later, Clara's at home, and Ghost Danny talks to her. Yes. So there's some kind of mumbo jumbo about the residual power in the bracelet or whatever, but it what it what doesn't matter is it's not it's not the technology that matters in the moment. It's it's the decision made. Um because you know, the doctor had told Clara that Danny should be able to use the bracelet and find a way to come back through to our world, restore himself to life effectively. So um, there's enough energy left for one like resuscitation. Yes. And where we think Danny might be the one to come back, he saves yep. the kid that he killed. Yeah. And what a mess that would have made. Right? Because uh, Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Dan- Danny's been working at this school for what I assume is at least one year. Possibly yeah, a f- longer. A few years, I right? think, at this point. At least two or three. So this like child is going back to his parents a year after his death. He hasn't aged a day. Yeah. So there's a little bit of flight of the navigator going on. 
Plus, yep. the child appears in Clara's flat when he's quite clearly not from suburban England. Yeah. So how are they going to get him back to whatever country he's from without not... the correct like documentation? They're going to have to get a unit involved to forge passports. Not necessarily forge passports, but I'm sure Clara could contact unit and they'd uh, smooth over any of the, uh, any of the uh, technicalities. I don't think it's a massive stretch. And as a parent, I, I think you'd just be happy to have your kid back and you'd try not to question it too much. And you, but they've you, been grieving you might, you for might, a year. Like, yeah, I mean, you might, uh, you might just uh, have a bit of a religious epiphany or something like that. You'd, you'd, you'd find your ways to explain it and uh, you'd try to move on and just, just enjoy this kind of gift you've been given. I don't. I don't disagree with you, Matt. It's logistically, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But I do think it's a really beautiful, lovely moment, and it kind of it provides some closure to Danny's story. I, I'm going to write some fan fiction this year. That's that's <laughs> just called Peter, the man who works at Unit, and it, it's like <laughs> he goes to work on a Monday and just like bang, paperwork on his desk. Oh, we've got this revived child. Um, he's from. Guatemala, you've got to get him back there. He hasn't got a passport. He died a year ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a that would be a special level of bureaucratic hell, wouldn't it? Um, but anyway, yeah, I think it's a beautiful moment um, and and a nice end to that to that storyline. And uh, and then we get that we get that final scene in the cafe, yeah, which we definitely so need to talk about. Lara and the Doctor meet for a coffee. Yeah. Uh, I feel we have to sort of preface this scene by saying all they do is lie to each other. Um, yes. So the doctor, Again, it's one of the themes of this series. You know? Yeah. The Doctor is under the impression Danny's alive and Clara's happy and, you know, yeah. he doesn't acknowledge that actually she's just an absolute shell of herself because yeah. Danny's not back. Um, the Doctor says he's found Gallifrey. Turns out that was just another horrendous ploy from Missy to upset him. And we need to talk about Capaldi's performance when he realises that the Gallifrey's not there. And the what? Okay, this episode, this story, it gets me a bit wobbly towards the end every time. You know, there's some emotional moments, you know, the kid coming back and all that. But the moment that always gets the tear ducts going for me is there when he's he's smashing the console with his fists in in you know pa- the pain of the betrayal cuz like cuz you know the the, the 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 doctor he's still for all of the masters manifold ongoing flaws he always retains that kernel of hope yeah that, that his friend is still in there somewhere so he believed her and he trusted her in that moment maybe not completely but enough to give it a go and then once again it's confirmed she was just being a dick to him once again <laughs> yeah you know and and the fact that he takes it out on the tardis you know the tardis who is his closest most <laughs> faithful friend Oh, he just I, smashes it, it, it to bits. It sma- well, yeah, and it and honestly, it gets me. It, 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 I cry mm. every time I watch it. Well, one one thing I would say that sort of like summed up in this scene, yeah, is for 
and again, we'll talk about this more when we reflect on the series. Yeah. But like, for this series, everyone that I discussed Doctor Who with, so yourself, you know, the folks at Married to Who, our listeners, everyone's just gone, oh, Capaldi's great, isn't he? And I'm just like, am I missing it? Like, what am I not seeing? And and it's this scene, this scene, uh, well, this episode, this finale, is Mm. where I finally thought, do you know what? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm in. And I think you'll find with the next couple of series that that's only going to kind of deepen. I think when most people talk about Capaldi being their favourite, this is the first story that they might be bringing to mind. I think a lot of the moments and the the, the performances and the things that make Capaldi's Doctor the pinnacle for a lot of people, a lot of that is still to come. A lot of that is Series 9, Series 10. So, you know, it's a slow burn. And really, it's it's important to, to to acknowledge that moment where the doctor says, "Oh, I'm an idiot." He's he's solved that question of "Am I a good man?" And it's like a weight's lifted in that moment. And you'll see going forwards, he's on a journey here, and yeah. this is the first leg that we've completed. That's it. I I don't think I've really bought into this whole like, "Who am I as the doctor?" Like yeah, that that just hasn't intrigued me very much. But that that doesn't drag on anymore, and there's there's like that question's been answered for him now, mm. and there's other things to come. Yeah. So I, I can't say more than that. But yeah, and and yeah, then you've got that final moment where they where they have a hug, and Clara asks him, "Why don't you like hugs?" And yeah, never trust a hug. Says, it's just a way to hide your face. Yeah. That's an amazing line. Yeah. Like it's I don't believe it, it's cynical and it's but but it works perfectly in the moment. Um it's yeah. it's it's just beautiful and sad. A big old downer to end yeah. on. And this is where the doctor and Clara part ways. Yeah. So and I'm hopeful that you did watch the credits as I told you to. No, why? What happens? Did you genuinely? I'm this? joking. Of course, I watched. Ah, it. yeah. So there's a yeah. knock at the TARDIS door. Yeah, and we hear a voice saying, "No, no, 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 no. Things can't end like that." Yeah, and when the door opens, it's Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, and who's playing Santa? Uh, Nick Frost. Yeah. I told you we'd have to get Nick Frost in sooner or later, you know, to keep keep uh, the the spaced cast yeah. involved. Who else have we got? We've just basically got, like, the old woman that lives upstairs that I can't remember the name of. Yeah, who, like I say, has done Big Finish, so we can technically right. take her off uh, if you want to. Is the young girl and, uh, called Mark Fizz? Heath. What's that? Is it Fizz, the young girl? I can't Twist. remember. Twist. Twist. I forget I forget the name of the actress who plays Twist. But, yeah, she's she's not done Doctor Who yet. And uh, Mark Heap, we haven't seen yet. Right. Ah, oh, give me Mark Heap. I feel it. It feels overdue at this point, and I will come clean. So far, he's he's not featured. You, it's not like you've got that to look forward to. Give give me Mark Heap, and is it Kevin Eldon from Big Train? Oh, yeah, Kevin G- Eldon. Now that would be give me Mark Heap as the Doctor and Kevin Eldon as the companion. 
<laughs> I'd be up for that. that. I don't know how that would play with a general audience, but I'd be up for it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so that's next week. Yeah. Uh, a little episode called Last Christmas. Nick Frost is Santa. <laughs> what yeah. more do you want? <laughs> Great. Looking forward to that. Excellent. Well, um, this has been fun. Um, I'm, it's been a long episode, but I'm glad we did it in one. Um, yeah. And, I mean, uh, yeah. One quick thing before we go. Yeah. What did you have for breakfast today? I think you can probably guess, Matt. Bit of toast, bit of Marmite? Uh, indeed. I mean, I will say it was it was uh, bread made with my own fair hand, if that wins me any points. Well, I'm going to expand the what did you have for breakfast for 2021. Okay. Okay, so we're three days in. David, yeah. what is the best meal you've had this year? It was last night. What did you have? Um, I had uh, a takeaway from the Jaipur Spice. Okay. Vegetable Boona, Sag Paneer, Garlic Naan. Hold on. Veg Boona, Sag Paneer. Because what I'm going to do, David, is every week ask you if you've had a better meal than that. <laughs> you know what? It's going to be hard to top because that, that is possibly like my 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 death row meal. That is. So you had a like... Veg Boona, a Sag Paneer, and what else was it, sorry? Garlic Naan. Garlic Naan. Okay, so next week I'll ask if you had anything better and... When we reach this time next year, we can reflect on the best meals we've eaten this year. <laughs> so I'm going to say my best. Last night, I made homemade lamb doner kebabs. Ooh. Very good. Okay. I mean, it's just going to reach December, and both of us are going to go, yeah, Christmas dinner's the best meal we've eaten this year. <laughs> Quite possibly. Okay, so I've locked those in, and next week we'll see if we've eaten anything better than that. Mm. Yeah, I, I can understand then. why people listen to this. What tip top podcasting? Like, I, I did say to like some of our listeners, what a brilliant segment. What have you had for dinner? Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it continues to baffle me that anybody tunes in. But uh, thank you, listeners, as always, for joining us for this one. And uh, yeah, do join us again next week when we will be discussing last Christmas. Until then, thank you very much for listening. And cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme. <laughs>